Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Support for the Star Wars Stuff podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Yeah, that rhymes. All right. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. Join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with its exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code stuffpod at manscaped.com. All right, guys, sometimes you got to do some maintenance. You got to do some trimming and either you hurt yourself or you don't do a good job and it's not a good feeling. All right. But Manscaped is here to help you, okay? The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived, and oh man, is it a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. And the travel bag is in there. I almost threw mine away. <laughs> I picked up the box, and I was like, it's a little bit heavier with nothing in there, and I looked, and there's a really, really great bag in there to hold all your stuff. Okay, first off, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming, and dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just say that. I'm blown away by the performance and the craftsmanship of this trimmer. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. That is very important. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000K LED spotlight you need for more precise shave. All right, because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. Big plus. All right, the the Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. That is kind of weird to say, but yes, it does include that, and that is really what I use it for. Because I do have a lot of hair, so trimming my nose hairs and my ear is something I have to do every day, and I'm using this every day for that, and it's awesome. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, tugs, and those delicate nose holes. So yeah, like I said, I use it every day, and I'm not even worried about that. It's got to hurt me or anything. The Crop Reserver Below the Waist Deodorant and Crop Reviver Below the Waist Toner will change the way you approach your daily hygiene routine. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, like I said, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself, to, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code STUFFPOD. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code STUFFPOD at manscaped.com. All right, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code STUFFPOD. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is Ray Park. You may know me as playing Dolph on the Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo at Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember... Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the Force be with you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. My name is James. And my name is Maddie 
B with the Countdown City Geekcast. David hit me up and said, do you want to do it? I said, hell yeah. <laughs> and here we and are. Maddie B holding up a tradition. We uh, ruined the intro there. But anyways, it's all good. Um, <laughs> but before we get to all the topics here, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. I do want to shout out all of our lovely patrons here that are on the purple, red, and black Kyber Crystal tier. Woo-hoo. You can go to patreon.com and sign up. On the purple tier, we have Chris Simpson, Kevin Langer, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Zach Netzel. On the red tier, we have Fenrir526, Matt Heath, Maya Morris. And on the black tier, we have Maka Tautala, Nathan Shank, Evan Opaker, and Liam McCown. Thank you so much for being hardcore patrons of ours. Yes, so, thank you so much. It means a lot. With that being said, I know the big thing I think everyone's talking about and everyone is extremely hyped about is of course the next Star Wars film. I mean TV show that's going to happen <laughs> on this Wednesday, September 21st, 2022, and it is of course Andor. What? The series I think we've all been kind of wanting to see the more grown up, the more dark, the more serious. We're going to get it in about two sleeps from now, so Matt, what is your opinion on what we're going to see, what you think we're going to see, and what have you thought of all the reactions so far? I I just I hope they keep uh, the tone sort of the same as Rogue One. I love them revisiting these characters, uh, or at least Cassian, and uh, I'm very excited for it. And from what I've heard of a part of the, the grown-up uh, portion of it is that we're going to dive into a little bit of the politics of uh, how the Empire is is running um and, and those sort of uh, ideas and i can't wait for it to be honest with you i'm very <laughs> excited i've heard mixed reviews from the first reviews that came in i'm sure we'll get to that in a bit um and there's some mixed reactions in there as a star wars fan who is very butthurt about the a sequel trilogy i i'm just excited to dive back into a star wars world that i think that someone who's in charge of it cares and I think that we're going to see that here. It's going to be cinematic. It's going to be big, as opposed to the Kenobi show, which felt very small, didn't it? The, it, it felt very small, almost low budget, um, if, if, if you would go that far. But yeah, compared, I mean, just, just kind of really quickly, compared to what we've seen from Andor right now, yeah, it, it does feel like Kenobi was a little bit on the on the lower lower side of which which is shocking. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Matt. No, 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 and it's all good. Uh, you know, interrupt me all day. I'm just an idiot here talking, but <laughs> I I I legitimately am excited about someone taking their time with something. We were just talking about this before stage, and David was like, "No, no, stop talking. We got to start the show." <laughs> um, but. <laughs> But 24 episodes is an investment, which means that we're going to flesh out characters here, I assume. We're going to flesh out a world here, I assume. It's not going to be rushed. Maybe the first few episodes, we we don't even know kind of what's going on. We're just kind of establishing the world as it is. I'm excited for a long form and waited out sort of content from Star Wars. I need someone to care about it. Hmm. No, I, I agree 100%. And the fact that it's Tony Gilroy, and David and I did this, uh, we did a podcast on Patreon, if you want to listen, it's on Patreon. And we talked a little bit about this. And it was like, you know, giving this to, 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 Tony, to Tony Gilroy and letting him use his mastery of, of, of screenwriting and, and, and the character building and let him just 
just go. And it feels like they they made the right choice in, in letting him do. And I'm pretty sure he was like, okay, I need 24 episodes. They're probably like, okay, yeah, go for it. You know, like just do what you got to do. And um, it, it just feels it feels yeah, like they 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 fleshed it all out. Like they had the time. They took the time to finally go. Okay, let's just map this whole thing out and let's just go. And um, as for and David and I talked about this too, which was the first two episodes we hear of Andor. A lot of people are not too crazy about. A lot of people are like the first two episodes are very slow, which, like you just said, Matt, and I'm like that. David probably the same. I'm I'm all ready for that. I want that development. I want those characters to be really fleshed out. But all the critics say the third episode is where it takes off. And like people are saying the third episode is just amazing. And what, what else did you hear about that third episode, David? You, I know you read some stuff about it. I have been kind of avoiding the spoilers about it. All I've heard was it's spectacular. It lives up to the best Star Wars TV episodes they've ever done with like the Mandalorian. Wow. And I've also heard it's a slow burn getting to it, which I'm all for. I mm-hmm. mean, you want to develop story characters. And by the time we get to episode three, now we're all really looking forward to it. We're all super hyped. And we're going to get a three-episode premiere, so it's going to be essentially kind of like a Star Wars movie, the thing that they didn't announce at D23, which is very disappointing. But, of course, like Matt said, they put in the time, they put in the investment. We're going to get 24 episodes, 12 episodes in season one, starting Wednesday with a three-episode premiere. I'm super hyped, looking forward to it. And this might usher in a new wave of storytellers and thinking on the side of Lucasfilm like Liam McCallion uh, our Patreon here points out uh, he says he's hoping for uh, and or to find the next generation of writers and directors similar to what they did with Mando hmm. that would be great um, this show and or it seems like it's totally separate from anything that Favreau and Filoni have contributed on and of course we all know that it was shot on location no volume, no stagecraft, none of that inside and indoors with the new technology. And all the trailers have looked great. I mean, it's just mere hours away, it feels like. And of course, we're going to have a huge pregame podcast. We're going to invite a whole bunch of guests on and be on hours before the show and, and watch. I know Colin and Matt are doing like a sleepover or something and watching it at his apartment so it's really cute <laughs> <laughs> are they gonna have onesies like uh matches so you know i would i would they probably are them to do that i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I i totally agree with you david and it's um and i don't want to say because obviously rogue one is skywalker saga but it almost felt adjacent because of the way that it was filmed and and the, and the stylization of it. So I like this being fleshed out. All Star Wars fans right now are in this weird bucket where it's like Dave Filoni and John Favreau or nothing. I'm not in that. I love John Favreau and Dave Filoni. I want them to make a a million things that they want to make, but there's, there's room in this universe for other people to tell their stories. And I really, really loved how they did rogue one. I love the, the character setup and, and how it was filmed. I'm, stoked on this new direction that they're going in and i think the fans deserve it what's so like the most popular shows you could think of in recent times maybe uh game of thrones stranger things stranger uh, things a a lot of these were a slow burn it takes some time to establish these characters and not going back they don't have the luxury now of going back to old tropes 
and bringing in like uh, an R2-D2 just for a fan. Wow. They're going to have to flesh out this world on their own and give us new characters to love. And, and I can't wait, dude. I'm going to be up. Do you guys want to get matching onesies? <laughs> I, I think we should. What do you think, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I, I call dibs on Salacious Crumb. Uh, but, okay. <laughs> um, but you did bring up a good point, though, which is, you know, shows like shows like Stranger Things, even, you know, even more, you know, um, I don't want to say mature. It sounds bad, but like like Breaking Bad, The Sopranos, you know, the shows like that where yeah. they they did take their time telling the story. It wasn't just like we got to get into the story. We have to go because I think with Star Wars, that's that's kind of the mindset, which is, as George Lucas famously says, faster and more intense. Like he yeah. wants to throw you right into there. And that does work. It does work. If, if you do it correctly, it will work. And we all know that from A New Hope. The movie started and George Lucas literally just threw us right into the action. And it was awesome. But like you said, there is there are opportunities to where you can really stretch out these stories and really dive into these characters. And that, that just makes me even more excited for this thing. And I've said it before. I think everything we've seen in every trailer is the first three episodes. Everything... Yeah is the first three episodes so we have no idea literally what this show is going to be about at all is that it, would is be it, great if that's is true. it completely done filming so this is something i'm not caught up on yet so yes. 24 episodes so it's they filmed know, just, all 24. just just the, the first 12 are complete um okay. and i believe i mean i don't know that i heard like uh diego luna said they're going to be going to production very soon on season two like he was right, saying like, right they had a complete beginning middle and they had a big plan to do two seasons of it the first season will be the first year of the five years before Rogue One. And the last year will be years two through five. And each three episodes is going to cover one year in season two. And it's going to be a block. And each block of three episodes next season will be controlled by a specific director. Wow. That so is... they thought it out, man. They thought they it out. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, you know we, we, go, we always say how sequel trilogies like i said some people love it some people love the sequel trilogy that is their star wars and some people did not like the sequel trilogy so i'm not taking anything away from anybody anybody but it just feels like finally lucasfilm was like given the chance to fully breathe and say okay let us really 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 get this all mapped out like let's which is why i think mando took that year off to really get mandalorian season three just right which is why now they're giving tony gilroy all this freedom like okay really flesh it out let's not jump into production until we have it all mapped out and it feels like they finally got that chance <laughs> and i really wish we could know what level of freedom tony gilroy had yes did he have 100 percent complete freedom to just write whatever he wanted to then turn it into the story group and just have them like double check for canon purposes or were there other kind of like hands in there? Were there a bunch of notes? I think Kathleen Kennedy says she always give no gives notes on stuff. But how much of those notes did Gilroy take into effect? I yeah. think that Tony Gilroy had 100% freedom on this. And Kathleen Kennedy was just like, Rogue One was a hit. Everyone loves it. If you can make it like that, do it. That'd be great. Ho hopefully, hopefully she didn't even touch a piece of paper or put a signature on it. <laughs> hopefully well, she just said, okay. Well, you one know, thing I... that I remember about about Tony Gilroy is he's worked with Frank Marshall on four Bourne movies. He's written four yeah. Bourne movies for Frank Marshall, which is Kathleen oh, wow. husband. So I'm pretty sure she knows him. Like she, like they yeah. know each other. And so I think it was mm -hmm. one of those things where she knows exactly how he works, 
and what he does. And she's like, okay, you're going to do what you do. And, and, yeah. you know, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go, we're going to take it from there, which I know I keep doing this, but which goes back to when she hired Michael Arndt to write episode, you know, seven, she knew exactly what, how he was supposed to work. And that mm-hmm. whole thing fell And apart. she still hired him. Yeah. She hired him and then she fired him. Well, the, Michael they, Arndt was like, it's going to take me three years to write this. And like, well, we need still, a movie but, out next year. <laughs> No, I think no. I have a lot. I, I can't wait for somebody to do a definitive, like this is an account of what happened during those first few years when Lucasfilm was sold to Disney because it gets weird. It gets really weird because well, yeah, well, the timeline and, then, and, and how it all worked out, and you know Harrison Ford hurting himself, and then what happened after that. It's just like, like what happened? Like it's just so weird. I mean, we did it. They did it. They did all three movies. So, you know, I just want to see if somebody ever investigates what happened during those first few years. Well, okay. if you find it out, you'll be shot immediately. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, there's no <laughs> there's no way that anyone's going to flush that out. I, I would love to see it, too. But or gosh, it's going to be in like 15, 20 years. And finally, they're like, OK, this is what yeah. really happened. Yeah. And because... all throughout the documentary, they're like, I would never kill myself. <laughs> before we start this i would never (laughs) what's even crazier is that we're still finding stuff out about the original movie you know the fox and how fox was working with george lucas and everything like it's so crazy because we're still finding that stuff out but but Um, yeah so one thing uh, that uh, with this world and usually i don't like to combine my entertainment with politics which um disney really doesn't like to let us do but I I am excited for them to flesh out the politics in um in this series. Yeah, and especially I, this time period, yeah. Because that's something that we really didn't get in the original trilogy. We, we we knew that the politics were affecting things, but we didn't get a lot of that. And then they started to give us a little bit in the prequels, right? We started to see, you know, kind of how the politics were running. That was uh, part of Palpatine's um, arc, right? But I, I really, and even in some of the Mando episodes, like that Bill Burr episode of, of Mando, mm-hmm. when they're sitting at the table and they're kind of talking about the politics and they start bringing up the war stories and all these things. Um, that's really interesting to me. And I hope that's really prevalent in this series. I really hope that we do get adult with it and we start talking about how the politics are affecting the people in this world. Uh, what are the views of the empire? What are the views of the rebellion? Because as Star Wars fans, as long as we've been Star Wars fans, we know there's there's cases for both sides. Yes. Um, so I would I would love for that to really come to fruition. I want to see kind of that uh, like a house of cards almost, but it's Star Wars, and <laughs> uh, you know, in this guy Cassian Andor has to navigate his way through this f- with his heart and how he believes the hero arc, the the saga that he's probably going to take on throughout this. It's going to be electric, but the politics, I'm, I'm excited to see how they kind of work with that. Yeah, you got a point because, you know, they, they did bring up the politics, excuse me, in episode one, but nobody liked it. Everybody was all bored by it. Everybody's like, just get back, to the, get back to the lightsabers, get back to all this. So, so George Lucas was like, OK, OK, I don't like politics. All right. Screw yeah. it. But I love it in Clone Wars, man. He threw it a lot. There's like whole episodes about like loans, about yeah. uh, interest. And I'm like, Holy, yeah. like, what? <laughs> There's yeah. a whole episode about well, how much how much money they're gonna loan to the to the separatists versus how much money they're loaning to the it Republic. starts to make sense with the trade federation and everything else. You have to talk about the politics. Exactly. And it was how like, much oh debt, <laughs> how much <laughs> debt Watt Tambor was in. Exactly. And then what's even crazier is you watch, I mean, you read the High Republic and you're reading about how they're like doing the 
the hyperspace lanes and the routes and everything. And you're like the Trade yeah. Federation came from there, and then there it's it's all connected. But um, but I mean, but, what what kid doesn't love blockades and trade disputes <laughs> and trade negotiations? I mean, come on, guys. Come on, kids. Like, I would really love if there was an episode of Andor where it all just takes place in the Senate chamber. <laughs> Dude, I would yeah. love that. Give That'd me awesome. Give me Michael Clayton style dialogue and characters. Yeah. In the Senate, I am a hundred percent. But I think we're gonna get that because some of the teaser shots. Yes. That we definitely see the Senate. And we, oh, yeah. we see um them working through things it, exactly that. that is a great poster and so this to me yeah. when they release this poster not only is it like psychedelic and cool <laughs> but it's 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 also it i think it sets the tone a little bit for the series mm-hmm. you see a lot of mm-hmm. empire symbols you see some rebellion symbols these are people who represent different parts but they all have to kind of be under palpatine and and all of these i can't wait to see like i said if it's like if it's a house of cards with star wars with lightsaber well not with blasters i guess Mm -hmm. i'm cool with that um i want to know more about this world if the kids don't watch it i don't care (laughs) i don't i don't care if the kids like it or not because i'm not a kid yeah this is where it gets kind of controversial (laughs) which is the whole like you know, we've talked about this before, which was George yeah. Lucas said Star Wars is for 12 year old boys. This is what Star Wars is for. And then you get to Empire and it, he was like, no, this is too dark. But then you have Kurtz, Kirshner, and even his wife was like, no, you need to we need to go darker. This is we're going further in the story. And then you get Empire Strikes Back and there's Empire Strikes Back, which is considered one of the best Star Wars movies ever made. Yeah. And it's like, OK. Is is Star Wars for kids or is Star Wars can you can you make it for kids and make it for everybody? I think you can do both. I think Star there's enough stories within Star Wars where you can make it for kids and introduce them and it's amazing, it's fun, it's exciting. But then you can also make it very deep and very grown up, if you may. Well, when Disney bought it, they they had no intention of keeping this for kids. You know why? Because kids don't have any money. <laughs> if you go to if you go to Star Wars Celebration. Please find me the percentage of twelve year olds there versus forty year old men. It's, it's <laughs> you it's, got a it's, point. I didn't think about it. It's not. E- it's not even close. Kids don't have any money. They can't afford. They're, they're not signing up for this stuff. They're not doing anything. So all you have to do is release some animated shows. The Mando, I think, is pretty kid friendly. Even though it's still, it's. I don't know if it's exactly kid friendly. I mean, it, it, they deal with a lot of adult themes and a lot of violence. Yeah. Um, Slice of the alien in half with the dark saber. I mean, yeah, I, I think when they bought it from George, they knew that they're taking that dream from that twelve year old boy, and they're saying, "Hey, we're going to make money on this, and twelve year olds don't have any money." Okay, <laughs> so and all Disney cares about is money. Let's agree on that. I mean, that's any corporation, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are so, a corporation uh, in the end. I mean, you know? they care about their money and the bottom line. And, um. Do we but, want twelve-year-old boy content though? Either like at your age, like for example, um, if if it came out and said, "Hey, George Lucas is back working with Disney, and they're making this um, content that's perfect for a twelve-year-old boy," are you like stoked on that, or are you well, if, more stoked if, on like an Andor idea? That's a kind of a tricky question to answer because if you're calling twelve-year-old boy content Star Wars: A New Hope, yes, I want more Star Wars: A New Hope twelve-year-old <laughs> boy content. To me, that wasn't really kind of like a kid's film it was kind I of i don't think it was at it was kind of like wrapped inside of like that like marketing thing of being like predicated to children but i mean when you really delve deep into it, it there was a, a lot of adult stuff in there i mean it wasn't like r-rated stuff but i mean it was like adult they had a themes. brother kiss, kissing a sister 
Well, they didn't know that at the time. They didn't know that at the time. Well, that was Empire. That was Empire. But 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 but, yeah, you're right. But but the first movie, you know, George Lucas did follow those tropes of you know the the damsel in distress, which she ends up not being really in distress. And then you got Mm -hmm. the got the old the wise wizard. Then you got the, the the climactic battle at the end. And you know he followed those, but it was a very not child story <laughs> so yeah. it is really interesting you know to hear him say i made it for 12 year old boys like yeah. i made star wars for 12 year old boys but, and he wrote that dialogue yes he did write that dialogue and it's like <laughs> you so you think 12 year old kids are gonna uh, to me george lucas and i love him god bless him he, he gave me one of the most beloved things in my entire life but he has no idea what he made <laughs> I, I i really don't think he does he has no clue what he made. His the intention he set out on is not what the final product was, and we the final product was beautiful. But when you hear him talk about Star Wars, sometimes I'm like, I don't see that at all. <laughs> That's great. No, but no, you're, 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 we we like to say David likes to say George Lucas was laying the tracks down. As the train was like, like coming right behind him, he yeah. was just like, "Oh, I gotta do this!" Like he was just like frantically trying to put this thing together. And then when the train yeah. makes it, he's like, "Hey, look what I did!" It's like, "Yeah, I mean, did you do?" That? I mean, if you look at the the whole story about the edit of Star Wars and how the movie yeah. was saved in the edit, you're like, oh. "McClunky, like, McClunky." That's my favorite though. Um, but yeah, it, it gets it gets kind of weird. But anyways, back to Andor. Um, uh, that so yeah, they had me. a red carpet premiere for Andor, and they allowed fans, media, podcasts. I think oh, our cool. invitation was lost in the mail or whatever. Yeah, it must have been lost. It's all good. Mail. But yeah, there was yeah. a red carpet event that happened. And as you can see there, Kyle Soler, uh, Fiona Shaw, uh, Diego Luna, Genevieve O'Reilly, and I'm forgetting that actress's name, but she plays Bix in Andor. I think that's um, Cassian's like love interest, maybe. But yeah, they had a big red carpet event. It happened. They screened the three episodes. And, of course, the social media embargo ended that night because I think media had the first four episodes. And, of course, we talked about how everyone said that it was a slow burn, but episode three spectacular. There was one reviewer that said, uh, and I believe it was Dan Merle, that the first three episodes feel like a film. And that's what I was hoping for. I think I said it several times on the podcast, but... It feels like that's what we're going to get. We're essentially going to get our de facto Star Wars film that we're not going to see until 2025. And that leads us to the next thing I wanted to talk about was the fact that Rogue One, or actually Rogue Squadron, my bad, is essentially canceled. It's gone from the Disney slate. And uh, the next Star Wars film (laughs) is not till 2025, which is six years after the last Star Wars film, which I think is totally unacceptable. I mean, I do too. this is the biggest franchise or one of the biggest franchises now in the world. And to wait that long to get a film for me personally, I think we should get at least one Star Wars film per year, given that we see stuff like Marvel making like five per year. It's like we can at least get one, don't you think? I mean, it's the same parent company, Disney, and it's like I feel like. It's just kind of a bit of a mess at Lucasfilm. What do you think, James? I mean, when you know, pumping out these movies five at a time, Marvel, you can tell the visual effects and the, the quality is a little, it's a little lower than it was whenever you go back to two thousand eight Iron Man. You know, and those that yeah, those first true. few those first few uh, Avengers movies were were pretty solid. 
Um, and I heard that a lot of that has to do, I know this is not related, but with Marvel and the reason the visual effects are starting to kind of look diminished is because they're pushing these movies out so quickly and the directors they're hiring are amazing directors, but they're not visual effects directors. So they don't know how to shoot visual effects. And so they're, they're doing something and then they show them and then the, the directors go, okay, oh, do it this way instead. But they don't realize that that's an additional $200,000 they have to spend. Therefore, the movie's rushed. Therefore, these movies kind of look are looking a little cheaper. So I am a little upset that we're having to wait six years for another Star Wars movie because that is, that is a very long time. We got spoiled. <laughs> I dare say we did get spoiled there for those first few years. But at the same time, if it's done correctly and if it's a director that we all know and trust and it's a story that we're all going to be excited about, I'm okay waiting six years, but give us these little Disney plus TV shows in between, please to keep us happy, which is, I think what they're doing. They're going to be giving us, okay, we got, you know, Andor season two, season one, season two, Mandalorian, maybe book above a fed. We got Ahsoka. We got, you know, so I acolyte, I think we're going to be okay without a movie, but, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because if they do it right, it's going to be awesome. That's my opinion about that. Matt, what's your opinion? Um, I agree. I mean, uh, because, you know, Marvel, you could definitely tell it's diluted. Once you have so much content, it can only be so potent. Um, And then once you, once you increase that, that number, it starts to get watered down and we can see that. And we can, and we can, but the Marvel fans are still very happy about receiving that content. Yes. Um, but maybe not some, but there's reaction, there's, there's traction, there's um, comments, there's posts, whether it's negative or positive, they're, they're moving in a direction, they're building a world. Um, I, I think that Disney, uh, Star Wars is a little scared because of the reaction to the sequel trilogy and the reaction to Book of Boba Fett. I think the only thing that Star Wars fans have really liked since the end of those movies is the Mandalorian. Um, there was even a lot of hate for the Kenobi series. I think they're they're playing with scared money. I think they're playing just a little scared. Now they're they're also setting themselves up. I like the idea. I agree with uh, James. Where feed me a bunch of TV in the meantime, and I'll wait six years. But it's a dangerous bet because if you wait six years and you release a movie that people do not like. you're setting yourself up for failure in a big way. And the backlash will be huge after a wait that long. Hmm. So they, I think they have to figure out a way. Do we, do we keep fleshing out the Skywalker saga? Uh, Do we try to find our way out of that? They're in a bit of an identity crisis mode right now. And I I feel for them on that because the, it's a real crisis. It's not idiots just in a room, you know, lighting things on fire. It's like, this is a real problem. Do, do you stay with the Skywalker saga or do you try to move away from that? And and what do you do with this property that costs you so much money? So I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of back and forth on it. Six years is a long freaking time, dude. I, we yeah, don't know. Dude. We don't know. Like six years is a long enough time where I don't know if I'll be here to talk about it. <laughs> in six years, and and anything can happen. You said 2025, right? That's when we're going to get 2025. Yeah. Six years from the rise of Skywalker. That's a till 10 the next year. Film. Yeah. Yeah. That's a 10 year from the, from force awakens. Like that's 10 years from force awakens. We should have been getting a star Wars movie every single year. And that was how they promoted it to us. Oh, whenever sure. this all started to, to, oh, to yeah. work. And all. And it was like, Stop. This was exciting, but it all goes to solo. It all goes to the, 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 the critical, um, 
of what they thought of the of the sequel trilogy. Even though the sequel trilogy and Solo did make their money, and Rogue One made its money back and then some, they got scared. They got really scared with with that. And it's like, mm-hmm. man, just I just I I wish I don't know. I I just I wish they would not be so scared. But and then another thing that gets me is these directors they hired. <laughs> you know. You know, we were supposed to get an entire trilogy from Benioff and Weiss. Like, that was promised to us. It was going to be amazing. Season 8 Game of Thrones comes out, and Benioff and Weiss, that is over. It's done. Oh, dead. And then, dead and then the now. Patty Jenkins made did that amazing video that we just saw, that the poster right there, and it was like, oh, this is going to be good. Wonder Woman 1984 comes out, dead. Yeah. And Taika Waititi. And Taika Waititi right now. With I feel like that's Cole. dead too. That is, I think he's, I, I hope he's it's dead. done with Star He didn't Wars. know Natalie Portman was in Star Wars. <laughs> she's the most important character in the whole story. You got she's, more important yeah. than, she's more important than Luke <laughs> and then Darth. She's the reason why everything happened. If Taika Waititi is out. If, if he's allowed to direct anything, I'd rather a Ryan Johnson movie than a Taika Waititi movie at this point. And I don't want a, a movie from either one of them. <laughs> we we might be getting, and I know, I, I know your opinion about Ryan Johnson. I have a, I have a high opinion of Ryan Johnson, but I think he's may, a great guy. We may be getting that Star Wars movie now with <laughs> with, with with what's happening. That yeah. might be his movie. Uh, oh, fun fact: he said that writing Glass Onion was harder than writing The Last Jedi, which I was like, that's funny. But the reason he said that was because, <laughs> well, because he actually put a story in. Well, no, no, he Glass said. Onion. Well, no, no, that was that was that was the thing was he said we weren't out. He said I wasn't writing a sequel to this movie. He goes, it was like, okay, this is this this happened. This has to happen. Whereas Glass Onion, he had to start from scratch and he had to give himself a challenge. And I was like, Disney, Disney F word him. I don't know if we can cuss on here. Disney F word. him. Um, He they they screwed him because they kept uh, the whole time J.J. Abrams was working. They're, they were so tight-lipped and so scared of anything getting out, they weren't even letting the director of the next movie know things that were going on. So he gets this his this movie, and he's been thinking of what he wants to do with it the whole time, and he just runs with, it with what he thought he should do. He should have been involved in the in the first movie. Oh, no, I agree. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and one thing David told me, and I actually had to go back, and, and, I, and I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't trust you, but I, I was like, oh, yeah, that is 100% correct. He yeah. wrote The Last Jedi based off of the force awakens script he never <laughs> saw the movie so yeah. in his mind this all made sense what he wrote yeah. in the last jedi it, it wasn't his fault it wasn't his it, fault yeah he was like oh this is this is where you're supposed to go with this okay finn is out what do i do with finn oh i'm gonna do this with finn now because he can't be with ray okay so i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna do this and uh this is gonna be great and then uh, when Force Awakens came out, he was like, "Oh wow, y'all kind of changed up a few things." And I think he had like a couple of months to rewrite a little bit of the movie to 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 get it to going. In the end, I think the Last Jedi was great. I think it was fun, um, and I I'm interested to see what this 2025 Star Wars movie is gonna be like. Who's gonna direct it? What's it gonna be about? And like Matt said, are we gonna finally break away from the Skywalker saga? Like. What about this the old is... republic? Just take us to the old republic the, with the with the with the popularity of Game of Thrones, with seven hundred million dollars spent on Rings of Power, like 
fans really like this type of content and the older public can give us that sort of thing and star wars at the same time wasn't that video off advice that was their that was supposedly their trilogy that's but i was super stoked on that but until was but uh, obviously look listen to us this is what star wars fans do every time we get together we've done we, we've done exactly what star wars fans do every time we oh, get no. together oh no what we, do we do we we devolved into just talking shit about the things we hate about star wars <laughs> well no we're not talking tra- we're talking trash about the stuff that they did before yeah, they yeah. were supposed to do star wars oh no no and for here's sure. the thing though here's the thing <laughs> a lot of people think thor love and thunder suffered because taika watiti was already trying to get to star wars a lot of people think mm, he was already looking towards that and plus taika watiti also announced he's gonna do uh yodorowsky's uh the incal right he's gonna yeah. direct that which is a crazy crazy story and and then plus yeah the uh our flag means death like this dude was insanely busy while he was making thor love and thunder it's no wonder the movie kind of ended up the way it did yeah, I think as Lucasfilm, you cannot get these guys that have multiple other projects and multiple other deals signed with exactly. other people. They have to like laser focus on Star Wars. I mean, there's, there's, you just cannot. Well, once Benioff and Weiss signed that Netflix deal, I knew they were gone. I was saying oh, yeah, on the podcast, no, they... there ain't no way they're, they're going to have time for both Star Wars and Netflix. And they were gone. They, they went from a trilogy to doing the story on the first Jedi and the first Sith to, to just, doing the first film directing and executive producing the next two and then they just totally left colin trevorrow the same thing Mm -hmm. i don't know exactly what happened there but i mean he didn't have a great reaction to his last project and then he was also trying to do other stuff too and he ended up doing the jurassic world stuff and of course lord miller is involved with all kinds of stuff and they try to do solo the way they wanted and of course that didn't work out well, it's so, like they're trying to set up a frat of directors. I, I don't understand what the obsession is of fans in all of these fandoms, Marvel, Star Wars, everyone's guilty of it, of like being excited about a director being named because it's a big director. Um, right. Why does that matter at all? I, in fact, give it to somebody I've never heard from before. I don't like Kevin Feige with the Russo brothers. No one ever heard of them before. Never. And like all of like some of the best movies of all time, like nobody knew the director before the movie was made. We know him now because the movie was so great, but it's not like we were sitting there like, Oh my God, I'm glad Scorsese is doing uh, this one. Um, nobody <laughs> cares. Scorsese when... directing Thor, man. It's going to be great. <laughs> but it's like nobody cared when he released his first movie. Nobody knew who Scorsese was. Um, and I don't have to know who the director is. But I think these films. the backlash of that will be big because everyone's going to be like, is this guy good? Do Can we trust him? Has he done a project this big? You know, like that's going to be the argument. Well, all that. of the big directors, they change themselves the second they get Star Wars. They change themselves. The, yeah. the project, the project is too big for them. And they're like, they, they refuse to input their own vision. And like, um, and, and they fall into this weird like trope. They feel like that to stick to tropes and all these things. And and I, I feel like just give it to somebody who's never done it before. Um, give it to somebody who we don't know. I don't care if I know who the director is. I don't care if they won uh, an Oscar last year for some foreign film that I'm never going to watch. I don't care. Just give it to somebody who cares about it. That's the only thing that matters to me. Yeah. Give it to somebody who legitimately understands the content and cares about it. Yeah, you can kind of point back to JJ, but JJ was doing, he was watching dailies for other films on the Millennium Falcon. 
Yeah. So he and, wasn't and 100% And Star Trek invested. and Star Wars doing both of those. I don't know if you're allowed to do that, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, not to mention... <laughs> He was. He's also, and I had to look it up. He's also producing the Mission Impossible movies. He's not executive. He is producing these movies. Oh these movies are amazing, by the way. So yeah, Mission cool. Impossible Three was great. It's super underrated. So cool is just. He was so busy. It was disgusting that well, they. Tom that Cruise did is it. a magic bullet. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. How. <laughs> and we were gonna have our Top Gun for Star Wars and Rogue Squadron. Now it's done. Done because of 1984. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> movie was just it was just not a good movie anyways anyway but rogue squadron being canceled is is crazy to me it's almost just as crazy as when wb was like yeah we're just gonna write off the batgirl film like it was like it's such a fumble it's like we've been waiting for this for a long time you released a video game we played the video game it was very intricate and good it was a good video game it's difficult to play if you're a little drunk. Just saying for for people at home who haven't played it yet, don't play it drunk because you'll get dizzy as hell. But it was a great game. It was an incredible game, and I was excited for the for the movie. And it's just sorry, we're just gonna write that off. It's gone now. Well, you know, I will say at least they did not shoot the entire movie and then write it off like they did with. I mean, Batgirl was almost. They said it was almost done. They they still had some stuff yeah. to shoot. But at least they weren't ninety percent of the way done with a Star Wars movie before Disney was like, hey, we're well, "Are we going to get a funeral showing too of Rose Squadron <laughs> for for everybody involved so they can go back and watch it?" Oh, um, I, you know, that's an interesting thing. Was there a script written? Was there pre production already done with this thing? Like, you know, how far along were they until Christmas Day of twenty twenty when they were like, "Yeah, no, nah, we're not doing." It. Yeah, <laughs> and, and speaking of video games, we are going to get um, Jedi Survivor. Mm-hmm. It would be incredible. And what I was hoping that they were going to do is either a movie or TV show with uh, Cameron Monaghan, right? That's a, the actor's yes. name. Yep. He's age appropriate. We're, we're fitting right into these these timelines. Why not in between this time of the five-year time, shoot a movie with Cameron Monaghan and, and give us that with the game? Where maybe like as you're finishing the game, the show is on, and then you can you can dive into that, or maybe uh, there's a movie or something. I think they have so many ways to to give us something in between this time. And you can uh, go even beyond that, Matt. You can go yeah. way beyond that. You can have a book. You can have the game. Yeah. You could have a TV show, and then conclude it with a movie. And bam, you hit every single market where you can make a lot of money. It's insane. I, I hope that they 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 would not have chose that actor. If they didn't plan to use him in live action, there's no reason they could have yeah. just they could have just made up an actor. It's not like Cameron Monaghan was the most popular dude ever. It's not like you got Matt Damon to star in, uh, you know, the Jedi Fallen Order. It's you know what I mean? Like they, they could have just made up a character. It didn't even have to be there. They chose him for a reason and they haven't used him yet. And I'm really wondering why. Yeah, that's a good that's a really good question is, you know, he's he's young. He's very talented. Like you say, he's not as popular as a lot of he's he's yeah. getting there. He's actually on the rise. He's doing pretty well for himself. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Why hire a young, handsome, athletic, <laughs> awesome looking actor and then be yeah. like, we're just going to stick you in video games, man. Yeah. We're, not gonna, we're just going <laughs> to CGI gonna, you. <laughs> we're yeah. not going to let you do it. There has to be action. something in the works. <laughs> I was actually really hoping that there would be a drop at D23. And I, I, I often get outside of the box on my hopes. The things that are never going to happen. But I did have a little bit of hope that they would say something. Maybe Cameron Monaghan. He's got to come into maybe The Mandalorian 
or something. He, if anything, he would come in around around Andor or Andor and, be, and Kenobi, right? Because uh, Kenobi, he yeah, he could, he, he could have dropped in a Kenobi. I remember he was at the park uh, the other day because I work at I, I used to work at Disneyland, and he was yeah. there. And everybody was excited. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, why? What's he doing here?" And he was just promoting the lightsaber. For I was like, "Damn!" Like I thought, <laughs> I thought they were gonna make an announcement, like you know, like, "Oh, he's in the park. Why is he in the park?" And then they say he's gonna be in the next Did show they, or something. They put his um his lightsaber yeah. as part of the yeah the, yeah. Uh, so that's what he was there for. Yeah, I was really upset though, and I had just missed like I missed him by like two seconds. Like I walked oh, out no. to the front. And everybody, everybody in the front was like, "Oh my gosh, did you see him?" And I was like, "Who's like Cameron Monaghan just left?" And I'm like. Oh, that's great! That's amazing. That's <laughs> no, I didn't want to see him at all. Like, what? Anyways, um, yeah. But speaking no, no. of announcements here, I want to talk Uh-oh. about D twenty three. So Matt and I were actually at the Cowboys game. We didn't know it, but we yeah. were at the Cowboys game. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. While D twenty three was going on, and of course, like I said on our Patreon daily podcast with James, I thought my phone was going to be blowing up with announcements and like, oh my gosh, did you see that? And I'd say, no, I'm at a football game, but. Yeah, we really didn't get much at D23, which was a really big disappointment. I know most of the hype was fan-created. Um, there was maybe thoughts of maybe a new direction, a roadmap, possibly. I know a lot of people didn't think that, and I was kind of maybe on the side of, yeah, we're probably not going to get anything like that. But I was hoping against hope, and of course, yeah, we didn't get any mentions of any films at all. We found out that Rogue Squadron, we, we got the opposite. We got films taken away, <laughs> which, <laughs> I mean, that's that's an incredible thing there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, no mention of Acolyte either at all. No trailer, no casting. And we were getting all these reports from, like, Deadline and Best in Bulletin of all these castings. And it's like, why didn't they talk about Acolyte? That, that kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. We got a lot of stuff in place. There's a lot of news. And we have a lot of people doing the show and of course they didn't mention anything about a boba fett or yeah boba fett season two and we all think that's happening and we got the trailer for the mandalorian season three that we kind of saw most of it at celebration uh but i think that was like thanks to us because we kept on asking for it every podcast but <laughs> and it also tells the jedi yeah that's basically yeah it tells the jedi yeah we, we that's, got a trailer I mean, that's for that huge as well. qui-gon and dooku's origin stories i mean that's yes. that's huge we got more than Marvel got, at least. We didn't get what we wanted. But I think Star Wars won the D23, if you're going to compare them to uh, Marvel. But um, I'm super stoked on Tales of the Jedi. That, that, like, that, that announcement that came through, and you can see Dooku fighting Yadel. I mean, my God. Um, <laughs> what, I mean, what was, the hell? Was, yeah, that was intense to be like, like, oh, man, everybody freaking out. And... Um, and Disney's animation studios and, uh, you know, Dave Filoni in charge of that and going back to that sort of Clone War style animation, we know that we're going to get really good stories and we know that we're going to get it in a really beautiful way. So I'm really stoked on Tales of the Jedi, but that is kind of the only thing we got, right? I mean, uh, as for like definite announcements of when it's coming out, yeah, we yeah. did get that with um because we didn't hear hear about Bad Batch until after D twenty three, right? They, they right, right. We didn't hear right. it until after it's going to drop early January. And uh, James, you uh, kind of figured out that uh, it seems like uh, the Mandalorian oh. season three may be affected by that news because, of course, 
with yep. Bad Batch, we're going to get like 16 episodes. And it seems like Lucasfilm doesn't want concurrent shows running simultaneously. So that means that Mandalorian Season 3 won't drop earlier than April of next year, which is kind of a bummer because we all thought February is when we we're going to get it. But of course, when, once they once they moved Andor, that started the dominoes falling where you got if you move Andor, you got to move Bad Batch, then you got to move everything else that was yep. in line. Hopefully the video game doesn't get affected because the video game was supposed to come out. Jedi Survivor was supposed to come out in April. Yeah, I don't think that's going to affect the anything. Uh, anything. I think I think I think we're safe for now. But yeah, if you do go to the um, if you do go to the Mandalorian Twitter website, uh, it just says streaming 2023. It does no longer say streaming February 2023. Mm. So they I think they have dropped the February date and now they're going <laughs> to Google it. And now they're going to um, they're going to push it. They're going to probably push it back um, probably to coincide with the uh, celebration. I think something about celebration is probably going to happen. Who knows? They may drop the first episode there at celebration like they did with kenobi that, which that was a, like which is huge that was a huge thing so big that if you watch the freaking jedi uh, jedi's return they that was the ending was the re, the the red carpet there at celebration i didn't watch that because i was like i was still still angry i wasn't there <laughs> um but yeah so that that could actually be what they're doing they're going to push back uh uh, mandalorian to celebration to show it there in the first the first episode of celebration so that would make a lot of sense yep you heard it here first, folks. You heard James it here and I will first. be in attendance. Um, <laughs> unless we lose lottery. Unless but we yeah, lose the lottery. Acolyte stuff, I mean, we got some... We're seeing casting fleshing out. We're starting to see uh, some of that stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't know if this is going to make it to actual production. I'm going to go ahead and you heard it here first. <laughs> I, I think I think Acolyte might be canceled before it's it's released. See, I, I, I'm the, I think it's going to... I think it's going to go. I think it's going to do pretty good. I, I just I, I wouldn't bet against you, man. <laughs> I think it might I think it might get canceled. I, I haven't heard enough about it. It's it's very it's well very Andor strange. was Andor was kind of the same way because you know if you go back to like January, February, March, we were still like, okay, Andor's coming out, but they're not even saying anything about it really. And it's not pizza, getting canceled. Pizza Kid says it's not getting canceled, not getting so it's canceled. not getting canceled. Well, I mean, how could I go against Pizza Kid? That is a reliable source right there. It yeah. is not getting canceled. <laughs> yeah. But but now but now like Andor is getting pushed pretty, pretty hard now. Like it's like a lot of people are getting excited for it. So who knows? I, I think Acolyte's still gonna have Lando is for sure getting uh <laughs> Lando. That's that's oh, a possibility. That I mean, of course, they got another huge piece of talent there and in, in... Donald Glover, and I mean, he signed a big contract with Amazon, and of course, he's within the Disney umbrella with his Atlanta show, so he has that connection. But and of course, he played, yeah, he played Lando in Solo, as we all know. He's he's beyond busy right now. I mean, that guy, yeah, that guy is insanely talented and busy. So yeah, good luck trying to (laughs) trying to get him to do a show for. And then he quit. He quit his illustrious rap career. I mean, my gosh, Childish Gambino from the clouds. Did he Um, quit? uh, Yeah, I mean, he hasn't made a song in a really long time. I mean, I don't know. He's retired. He's only doing acting. He was. I mean, he's he's a he's a missile, and um, (laughs) anybody who's lucky to sign him will get it. But it takes a long time for his projects to come out. So it's it's always a really nice thing when he's on board. But it's also kind of like a negative thing because it's like it's going to take forever for this to come out because he's working on a million things at one time. 
Um, it tells me secrets, so let me know if you want me to spell. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I guess uh, I guess it is certain Lando is definitely not going to happen. So you heard it. Here. <laughs> you heard it. You heard um, it here first. But I, if if Alkaline gets canceled, boys, we might have to go shirtless on the on the podcast. You guys might have to. <laughs> We might have to make a bet here, but I, uh, <laughs> I think we're already, that, uh, we're already wearing onesies for, uh, <laughs> okay, no, okay. but I'm totally down. If you guys invite me on, I will buy the onesies. We'll go to Amazon. We'll, we'll make sure everybody's sized right. Uh, we'll make sure it's over $25. So I get free shipping. We'll, we'll, we'll send them to everyone's address and we'll have a nice digital watch party. Anybody in the chat who wants to be a part of this, make sure send your super chats. If you're on Facebook, send some stars because this is going to fund the program. Okay. I promise you it'll be worth it. Smash that like button, subscribe. I'm going to be so, I have a very busy two days now, Monday and Tuesday are going to be insanely busy for me. And I'm like, well, I have the strength and adrenaline to stay up and watch all three episodes of Andor as soon as they drop. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm going to fall asleep. So, well, I'm definitely not. Honestly, the whole thing was a <laughs> lie because I'm going to be uh, on the road. I actually have to leave on Tuesday. Oh, to, no. Yeah. Well, my uh, my fiance's uh, grandmother passed away at the ripe age oh. of 96, died the same oh, day wow. as Queen Elizabeth. No, it's a celebration when you go at 96. Oh. Yeah. You, there's no mourning at 96. It's just like, hey. You know, you've made it this far. It's going to be a party, but we gotta we gotta drive all the way to Delray Beach, which is about thirty minutes north of Miami. So we're driving oh, from wow. here. It's nineteen hours. I'm going to be on the road. I'm not even going to be able to do any of my regular showings next week, so mm. I'm definitely not going to be able to do the premiere stream. But I'll still get you guys some onesies. If you oh, okay, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, what else you got over there, David? So yeah, I, I did. Uh, speaking of Acolyte being canceled, I did want to talk about all the casting. <laughs> That are being reported. <laughs> so yeah, so what we do know right now is the Acolyte is going to be a Disney Plus show, and the showrunner right there, if you're watching us on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, is Leslie Hadland. She's the acclaimed uh, creator of Russian Doll, and that's on Netflix, and that's essentially, I think, how she got noticed. And the only confirmed casting we have is this person. It's um, Amanda Stenberg. And she's going to be the lead, and that was confirmed by StarWars.com. And she also posted on Instagram, this is the only person we know for sure that's been cast. But, of course, there's other channels out there that tell us, hey, look, these other people have been cast. So the other big casting is right here. And if you're familiar with this guy, he was on maybe the most popular show, breakout show last year on Netflix. which uh, the, biggest, the biggest show on Netflix, just to be... Just to be but, clear, it is the highest watched show on Netflix. It beat Stranger Things? Yes. Stranger oh, Things wow. season four could not beat this show. Incredible. So, yes, yes, this is, good. Yeah. This is Lee Jung Jae. So he is a, an Emmy winning actor. And if you saw him on Squid Game, he is a terrific actor. He did a, an awesome, phenomenal job with that role that he had. And now, of course, I believe they're doing a second season of that. Yes. And of course, apparently, according to all the outlets out there that have found out this information, they are reporting that he will be in the Acolyte series, as well as this person. And I'm not familiar with this person at all, but according to, I believe, Deadline and Hollywood Reporter, they, they're they saying that this person, I believe his name is Manny Jacinto, and he is from The Good Place. He has mm-hmm. been cast along with Another person named Charlie Barnett uh, from Russian Doll, which has a connection with Leslie Hedlund, the writer, executive producer, 
showrunner of Acolyte, and of course Judy Turner Smith, who was rumored to be cast all the way as early as last September, uh, who was on the last ship. So, so are these are these actual castings, or is this like a Mike Zero? Uh... <laughs> no, yeah, there's there's no Mike Zero content here. <laughs> uh, but and we that, don't we don't do that. We don't do that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, th- these stories are from like Best in Bulletin, Deadline, Variety, Hollywood oh. Reporter. But um, well, I like the cast. I mean, that's a handsome cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very very talented too. Yeah, and like yeah, like you said, what's the name? Just won an Emmy this past Sunday. What's or name? <laughs> yeah. I can't even say his name. I, I'm terrible at names. Um, but uh, Lee Jung Jae, Lee Jung Jae. But yeah, they did a list of like the top Netflix shows, and Stranger Things season four could not beat Squid Games. Like Squid as, Game big, is, is as big as Stranger as Stranger Things season four was, it did not beat Squid Game. Yeah, and, and well, it's really hard to go against um, heavy Asian content because, um, I mean they they really rally behind their content i mean they just they just do especially like yeah like koreans and and chinese japanese like they they will have it on on five screens in their house even though one person's watching it um mm-hmm. it, it's really hard to go against them and the fact that they beat out stranger things season four which we know is um at least for us here in the states was i mean just so monumental is everywhere memes it was all over everything it was the biggest thing in the world the fact that Squid Game still is number one. There um, is is incredible. How much yep. that had to do with this actor, I don't know. <laughs> but well, uh, adding him to the mix doesn't hurt. I would assume it's a good it's a good face to have. Um, good, you know, on in on on a show like this, a new Star Wars show, and and you know, like we, you know, you, we talked about directors, like you know, you, you don't care about the, but it is the actor though. If you have a good actor on yeah. board. People are gonna like it, but then again, George Lucas did not have well-known actors whenever he cast the first Star Wars movie. So, yeah, he didn't know he didn't know he cast Indiana Jones. Yeah, how did he not know he cast Indiana Jones? He tried (laughs) not to cast Harrison Ford. He tried everything not to cast him, but he. I know that's so bizarre to think that he did everything he could to make sure Harrison Ford was not in that movie. (laughs) And it shows. You see, okay, so there's TikToks going around of like. Them talking to Harrison Ford about Star Wars, you know, like, you know, when you put the costume on, how did it feel? Like, was it, he was like, I got a paycheck. Like, that's, <laughs> that's all it was. I got a paycheck to play Han Solo again. But then when you hear him talk about Indiana Jones, man, he's like, yeah. he's over the moon about Indiana Jones. I think because he knew he was wanted for Indy. Like, he knew, like, this is going to happen. I mean, yeah, Tom Selleck was cast, but you're not going to talk about it. Yeah, but and, but <laughs> that happens a lot in big franchises. Like, um, like other than Dan Aykroyd, um, I don't think, like, when the, the other Ghostbusters talk about being a Ghostbuster, they, they don't care. They're like, oh, the proton pack was heavy. I, I You know, let's talk about this, the film where I'm actually here to talk about. You know, they don't really care. But Dan uh, Aykroyd's like... He's just he starts talking weird, yeah. man. He starts talking. Now, he cares bizarre. about the crystal skull. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, oh, definitely care about the crystal skull, guys. Come on now. <laughs> we talk about the crystal skull. Yeah. I'm not oh no, y'all are here. Y'all are here. I'm not trying to have stuff. bad dreams tonight. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, before we go on, I know it has nothing to do with anything we're talking about at all. The Cowboys did win. Just so you know, twenty to seventeen. Yeah. Cowboys did win. All right. Cowboys so, did win. Right. I don't. So anyway, I don't care about the um, NFL teams at all. I went to Virginia Tech, so I like my college football team, the Virginia Tech Hokies. Uh, show your love and support if you're in the chat, please. But I don't give a damn about NFL teams. I wanted to see Tom Brady um, 
take the field because I saw Michael Jordan play. I was really young. I was like six years old. So I saw the GOAT in that sport play live. I wanted to see Tom Brady take the field live. I do have to say, though, AT&T Stadium is an incredible place. Mm, cavern. It, it's almost like, speaking of Star Wars, and we're lo- talking about these big, huge cinematic things. Like, when you see this stadium in person, it's almost like something like that. It's yeah, like, it's like seeing an alien mothership. Yeah, it's like, what the hell is this? Is it even real? Um, and the, the, the fans before the loss were great. Um, we oh. kind of, yeah, we, it, it was a little rough on the way out because, uh, my girl had, she's from Florida. So she had the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stuff. So I'm like, I'm, so, I'm not fighting for you. I'm not a fighter. Okay. <laughs> Look, you're, you're the one who wore that. Not me. All right. You're, yeah. you're going to take your proton pack. And just... yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm good at talking smack. I'll talk smack with the best of them, but I'm not, I, I believe you. you. I, I believe I, you. I, I, I'm not so, getting beat up today. So David one time said they could have celebration there in in the uh, in the AT and T. Oh my god! I could only imagine. Wow! Um, how, how like Liam Neeson comes out to talk about uh, Tales of the it's Jedi it's in in AT and T Stadium. That'd be awesome. It would it would yeah. it would be huge, but I don't want to pay fifteen dollars for a beer, so keep it out of there. <laughs> keep, keep it out of there. Just go to a small convention center where I can no, pay. Jerry six Jones bucks for would, a beer. he would never let anything like that happen. At, at the, anyway, anyways, back to Star Wars. Uh, yeah. We were talking about Star Wars. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else? What else do we got today? So yeah, I mean, thinking about celebration. Yeah, it's it's. In April, it's going to be in London. James and I hopefully will be there. We'll make the trip across the pond there. And man, it feels like it's right around the corner. Yeah, it feels. I heard there's 14 more Sundays until Christmas, so just kind of makes you think of how fast it's going to go by. It's going do you think? Really do you think quick. people in London feel like Star Wars is more their movie than ours because of the accent? Oh, that's a that's a great question. And plus, it was shot there. Like, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think could, it is. I could see how they could think that like it's more their movie than our movie, right? And, and over here in the states, because like they they all speak in in the accents, and a lot of it was filmed I, over I there. I think that's a good question to ask when we're there, James. Do you feel yeah. like it's more your film or an American film? I, know. I feel like yeah. they'll get mad at us for even asking that question. Like they'll be like, <laughs> they'll be like, oh, you Americans would ask that type of question. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um. So yeah, so so Matt brought up something interesting. I just want to say this. I thought about this this past uh, weekend. Um, in, in on the topic of goats, how many goats have you seen in person with your own eyes? So Matt mentioned Tom Brady. I was thinking James and I have seen John Williams. That's one goat right there. That was definitely a goat. That was like top tier. And I saw George Lucas, like George Lucas, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill. And in the John same Williams room, all the same room. But are they? But Harrison Ford is a goat. Is Mark Hamill a goat? So he he's known for Joker and he's known for Luke Skywalker. But does that qualify him as the goat? That's like he won two Super Bowls. Um, like do, do we count him as a goat? Technically, he's the Eli Manning of. <laughs> <laughs> but here's here's another question. Here's a, so like it, before he passed away, Urban, the great Urban Kirshner. You know, would you consider him a goat, even though a lot of movies he did were not that popular, but he still did direct Empire Strikes Back. So right. I loved Robocop, too. Well, it's one of the greatest Robocop films. Great. It's one of the it, it, Robocop was great. 
Robocop and Empire Strikes Back, I think you get GOAT status on that because those are two um, pieces of 80s lore that will never go away. It, it's, But I guess I could use that same thing for Mark Hamill, but I don't know. Like I can put Harrison Ford in the GOAT category because of all of the things that he's done. Yes. Indiana Jones, um, you know Han Solo, um, amongst the other films that he's done. I mean, the man has had an incredible career. Uh, George Lucas created this uh, thing that has spawned this entire huge franchise that Disney bought for a uh, hundred trillion dollars or whatever. And so, so he's he, he's a goat. Um, but if I think of goats that I've seen in person, I've I've met Lil Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you meet Lil Wayne at? So again, my girl's a radio DJ. So I, oh, I okay. you know, I, I, I come across these folks sometimes. But um, mm-hmm. uh, Lil Wayne's a goat. Um, I've, uh, I don't know. I can't think of like other than like, I saw Michael Jordan. I saw um, Tom Brady play. Uh, Lil Wayne was huge. Um, I've never seen like Harrison Ford or anybody from the Star Wars movies really. Um, I mean, I met like some of them, like Spencer Wilding and like, you know, off characters, but no one who was like, oh, my gosh, like you're here. Like Ewan mm-hmm. McGregor, I, maybe Ewan McGregor might be goaded because Mulan yeah, he's, was, he's, he's was huge, even for the ladies. Um, and then, you know, obviously the prequels and all that. He might be close to that category for me, but I don't know. I don't know who else I could really center in there. Well, who do you consider to be the best actor to play Obi-Wan Kenobi at this point? Is it Alec Guinness still, or has Ewan McGregor surpassed him? Oh, Ewan McGregor by far. It's not even really close. But it's not a fair competition, though, because Alec Guinness got three movies. Ewan McGregor's gotten a whole show plus three movies. So, Well, I don't know if that's but a fair But Alec Guinness won an Oscar, too. Yeah. Well, I'm... You. You know, yeah, not for playing. But but he I mean, did get an was, Oscar was... nomination. He did get an Oscar nomination for Kenobi. So, well, that's, he was pretty much funny. out of it. I mean, he was pretty much out of it after the first film. I mean, I no, no way. Ewan McGregor all day. Yeah, true, true. It's it's not even close. Okay. Did you hear that uh, George Lucas decided to kill Obi Wan Kenobi while they were filming Star Wars? Like they'd already started production, and then he was like, "Yeah, I got to kill Kenobi." <laughs> So Alec Guinness signed on to this movie thinking he was going to go the whole way through through the movie. And only to find out while they're in Tunisia, hey, by the way, you're, you're going to die. Did you guys movie. watch that um, the remake of the scene 38 or whatever? Um, uh, the the remake of the fight between Obi-Wan yeah. and Darth Vader? I, I like liked it. it. I, really I liked, liked it, it too. And I thought it gave it a lot more like weight and volume because mm-hmm. sometimes I, I go back and that's such a pivotal moment in Star Wars and I'm not going to, it still is and it always will be. But the way it kind of went down was, I don't know, it, like it could have been a little bit better, I thought. <laughs> well, the way George Lucas describes it, he says it's two old men fighting. So yeah. I mean, it looks like two old men but fighting. But Darth Vader doesn't look too much like an old man in the next movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I well, mean, he gets really messed up, and we don't know how much more messed up he gets between that time period. So yeah. that's kind of one of those things that they can actually kind of retro kind of address. That's why, to me, the prequels are my favorite Star Wars movies. I didn't understand the, the, the later ones when I first started watching them because of my age. So mm-hmm. when I first started watching the prequels, just based on age, they made a lot more sense to me than um, the, the older movies did. And I started to develop a love for those a little bit later. But once you see, like, as when you're a kid who grew up, because I'm 32. So when, when these movies came out, 
and the, the we see the prequels and we see these lightsaber battles and we see these like you know crazy acrobatics and these these space like the the original trilogy while i love it and i know that they're incredible i'm not hating on them at all they just <laughs> didn't hit for me the same mm. no that makes that makes sense and what what's really funny is watching kenobi okay controversial you know hot take here, but when i watch kenobi now and when i see the fight in a new hope it makes more sense now that fight in a new hope like after seeing kenobi and everything and watching a new hope and then meeting again i'm like oh this is cool like it, that context is there for me to, to where it makes sense the way the why the fight looks the way it does yeah for me that that's that's just me that's how i that's how i view it but, but no i true. agree watching the prequels and watching the double-edged lightsaber and then watching kenobi do a flip over darth maul and then them just fighting and you're like yeah. what is happening you know it was it was the coolest thing and you, it's funny you bring up the prequels david you sent colin and i uh, a blast from the past today not the movie with brendan fraser but that's a great movie but you sent us a, a, a commercial that was made back in 1999 and it was a pepsi commercial put it and on it was, david was, i the moment i saw the the, the 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 picture i was like oh my gosh i know exactly what this video is and it, it just <laughs> took me it took me right back to when i was like what 10 11 yeah i was like oh my yeah. gosh while david gets that pulled up uh, another thing that i really love for the prequels <laughs> the the all-time fighting move that ever happened in the prequels happened in episode one and it was the the obi-wan kenobi block behind the back and the immediate jump to the front to block the the lightsaber against darth maul oh yeah 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 that move hands down made me a star wars fan for life when when that battle sequence is going down he just lost his master things are going on in obi-wan's head right now and he's just frustrated and he's trying not to tap into the dark side you can tell and but he's hitting these moves and i'm like dude (laughs) it's it's really hard to watch the original trilogy after those sometimes so did you ever hear so right before that that fight happens kenobi is uh he's like he's bouncing like he's 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 like he's ready to go yeah he's ready to go did you hear that that was before action like ewan mcgregor was oh he was was, just getting ready ready, and then they yelled action and then he goes and it was perfect and george lucas was like keep that in there let 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 them see that he's like (laughs) he's ready to go for me it was it was the behind Mm. the back darth maul move though when he goes behind his back and blocks yeah for me, that was like, oh, this is the coolest lightsaber fight <laughs> ever, you know? That oh, was, for sure. That was but, cool. Oh, speaking of which, I just saw something on TikTok, which I've never seen this footage before. And I, I'm still amazed that there's still footage of Star Wars behind the scenes I haven't seen. The original Dooku slash Anakin and uh, uh, Obi-Wan fight in duel, in uh, Attack of the Clones. They had a full-on fight that they choreographed. But apparently somewhere they're saying it was christopher lee but somewhere they uh, christopher lee said he should he should move a little bit slower instead of moving as fast as as they had originally had in mind and Mm. if you watch it it is it is pretty cool what they had in mind for how how he fights and everything behind the back blocks Mm. and everything is pretty cool and this makes me wonder why they didn't who decided not to do that type of fight in episode two i don't know yeah, All right, I got the video if you want to see it. The video oh, I sent to James. Here goes, here goes, here goes. The blast from the past. If you're watching on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, 
Facebook, check it out. Here it goes. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Everyone, we've got to save the queen. Where's Mr. Jaja Binks come for comic relief. Emergency landing on Tatooine. No! Pod racing is with Love you, Mom. Love you, Padme. Mm-hmm. Oh, no! Darth Maul! <laughs> My brains are spilling out! Oh, joy. The end. This is the weirdest date I've ever been on. I'm out of here. Go, you must. Farewell. Goodbye. Star Wars Episode One cans collect all twenty-four this summer. Wow, and it's like the <laughs> it's like the ants animation. Remember the movie Ants? Yeah. Oh my god. That yeah. Took you right back, man. Just it. Uh... <laughs> oh there was, man. There was another one where he's like a cab driver taking her to the movies. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. He's like flying in the air, and then he lands in front of the theater, and then she's like, "All right, go." And they're, they're drinking Pepsi the whole time. That's why I always say Pepsi and Star Wars go together very, very well. Like, that's my, that's the go-to drink when it comes to Star Wars. But yeah, yeah that commercial. So you said you're 32, Matt? Like, yeah. So you, do you remember seeing all that for episode one and everything? Oh, 100%. I remember, uh, because at this point I had seen the three movies, because my yeah. uncle and my dad were big fans. We had them all on VHS. So uh, as a kid, I had, uh, my most watched movies growing up was, uh, Ghostbusters 1984 and Empire Strikes Back. Um, there's like I still have those VHS tapes back in my parents' house, and like you can't even play them even on a VHS player anymore because I've worn it out from rewinding it so much. Um, but w- when when the new ones came out, it was obviously very appealing to me because I was like, okay, well this looks like you know the movie, other movies that I'm interested in. This it, it looks like. You know, the, the graphics are up to date and all this stuff. When episode one was in the theaters, I remember bawling my eyes out when Qui-Gon um, died. And spoiler, everyone should, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Ev- yeah, everyone should cry in that scene. And what the hell, George Lucas, again, another thing I'm pissed off about. You get a great actor like this and he's dead immediately. Why? Um, well, you know, he can bring him back as a ghost. Yeah, yeah. So you know, way later <laughs> uh, on the final like episode of a, of a of a mediocre show, twenty three um, years later. <laughs> um, but no, I I I loved all of the marketing and all the fast food chains. I remember at the time they don't do it like this as much anymore. But fast food chains at the time would were very uh, centered in on um, these types of things, and I believe Burger King had the uh, the Star Wars stuff because they had the Pokemon and the Star Wars stuff, and. Mm. I remember specifically requesting those toys. Sometimes you get a happy meal and you get the same toy asking my mom to ask them for a different one out of there. Like, is, is there another one, you know, trying to complete the set? Um, but no, I, I was enthralled with, with star Wars at that time. It's, it's not the way. Yeah, yeah. Taco Bell had a whole thing. You get a whole poster with a meal. Like, <laughs> gee, like they don't do that anymore at all. You know? And so that was, no. that was I used to have those posters. I used to have them. And a celebration, somebody oh. had them for sale. Like it was like four what? posters. All of them? Yeah. And it said like Taco Bell on the bottom. And I'm like, oh and they were God. the dude was asking, I'm like, I'm not I, I need that. I but I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. Instead, I bought a, a ten dollar Jar Jar Bings cup, which I'm just I, over the moon. Oh I yeah. That cup. I have a, a Batman Forever mug, one of the crystal ones. I have a I have I have Robin and I have Batman as well. <laughs> That's a great one. But we need to actually let's if Star Wars Stuff Podcast is is changing the culture, let's bring back fast food restaurants promoting the hell out of movies and having awesome toys and collectibles. That would be we what should, happened you to that? Here, you heard it here first, folks. Star what Wars Stuff happened? Podcast is gonna bring it back to fast food restaurants. It has to be. <laughs> 
I don't. I mean, my gosh, they used to be able to be like, "Oh my freaking god, can you believe this toy I just got with can you my I got happy a meal? I got a coffee mug." Yeah, I'm playing with, with it in the bath, <laughs> setting up intense war zones in the bathtub with Power Rangers versus Star Wars characters or whatever else. <laughs> it, it was, was a glass. It was a glass coffee mug yeah. in a happy meal. <laughs> <laughs> Who who thought the kids are gonna love this? Yeah, there, there are no OSHA regulations back then. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna and give it, them a whole coffee bug. And Pokemon had the little jars, I think, or something. Uh, like they had all 150 of the original Pokemon you could collect for a, for a little while there too. Remember the remember the Beanie Baby? Uh, Beanie Baby is uh, that was a moment. huge craze. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway. actually, this is a this is a great idea too. So while we're on the idea of challenges, so if fast food brings back. Uh, toys that are heavily centered around major franchises that we love. I will do a live stream from my bathtub, the same as I did when I was eight years old. Live stream from the bathtub, bubbles and all, with the collectible toys, and we'll, we'll work out a scene. That all right? Maybe for, maybe for Patreon. Maybe, yeah, that's a Patreon episode. Patreon only. That's a Patreon exclusive Patreon episode. <laughs> But um, but no, yeah, yeah. You sharing that, David? I was like, wow, that just that took me right back. That was that was amazing just to see that. Um, uh, what were we talking about? Star Wars? Oh yeah, we're talking about uh the, yeah, the Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader. Uh, I liked how they did it, but at the same time, me being the purist, I'm like, no, it needs to be the original. Like I saw this amazing um like tribute to star wars video on youtube i love watching those some there's some amazing editors out there and it was going good and then they show that sequence i turned it off i was like nope it's not star wars (laughs) and i felt bad for doing that and then i'm watching another one about the saga you know the whole thing and then in the middle of it uh luke is on um on crate and he turns on his lightsaber and it's the green lightsaber and i was like all right okay i turned it off there i was like okay (laughs) i see I was like, there's a reason there's a, anyways, but yeah, so stuff like that. I'm like, don't, don't mess with what's already, it's already great. I mean, to certain people, it's already, it's already perfect. And it's yeah. like, don't just, just keep it that way for me. That, right, that's we, my, we get it, that's James. You're a big Mike zero guy. So <laughs> I just, I just kidding. I just kidding. But um, speaking, <laughs> speaking of like yeah, um, Mike zero, <laughs> absorbing content, like, who do you guys like go to on YouTube? Like, obviously we want to promote this channel, whatever, but we all look at things on YouTube. Who's your go-to stuff? Obviously, like I'm, I'm a big theory guy. I love star Wars theory. I followed him since the beginning of his channel. Uh, what, yeah, what James some... met him. Oh, you met, you met theory. <laughs> I think I think so. <laughs> I didn't meet him, but I, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> oh, really? That's a whole other story. Um, have I you met to... him, Matt? Have you met him? No, I haven't met him. I've talked oh, to okay. him um, through DMS, but I have not met him. Ah, uh, okay. Um, I go to David. Uh, <laughs> ever since I've known David, David, David drops stuff for us immediately. So I don't even, I don't even look at stuff anymore. David, you're on top of it all. So you, you pretty much, you between you and Colin, uh, y'all give me all the information I need when it comes to Star Wars. Yeah, uh, in the beginning, like I talked about back in the late '90s, I would go to the Force.net and they would drop a lot of stuff there. Um, but I remember now that they didn't have just about everything. I thought that was like the one stop shop to go to Mm. back then. But I remember there was a rumor about the Obi-Wan casting. I don't think they ever posted about 
and it was uh, Kenneth Branagh being casted as Obi Wan Kenobi. First. That was a big rumor that they didn't really cover, and I didn't know about till years later. Um, and of course, ain't it cool news? Uh, they posted the the script, the actual script for the Phantom Menace. I didn't read that back then, but these days, um, and back, I'll, I'll go back a little further. Back in 2014, with all the hype before the Force Awakens. I would see people say, I know what's happening. This is what's happening. And it's like, yeah, you don't know what's happening. There's no way. There's no way that you could breach security or anyone on that production is going to say anything. But after the movie came out, you could really figure out who, who knew what was going actually on. had sources and who didn't. And it's like, oh, my God, people know stuff before the well, movie. That's why, that I, that's why I like away. theory so much, because he's never claimed to know Mm-hmm. anything he just goes on what he knows the the canon to be and what he thinks things are going to be but then you see people like star wars meg or like um mike mm-hmm. zero and it's obviously clickbait 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 do you guys follow i told you last time david and i sent you the link do you follow knights of melvin no i don't i, I haven't you, i haven't looked you, at that you yet you got to dive into the <laughs> everyone in the chat too you have to dive into the Knights of Melvin <laughs> and especially go into the videos about how Disney has a yellow lightsaber agenda and they're hilarious. I mean, it's, it's really good, funny Star Wars content um, and it, it, it's good. And obviously you guys do a really good job. I remember um, when I saw you at Superhero Car Show Comic Con, yeah. um, you, were, you were saying that uh, they recognized the coin that you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody had recognized the, the coin. Yeah, you McGregor. Yeah, that's yeah. huge, dude. I mean, did that make yeah. you cry immediately? Well, they were like pushing me away from him, like, get out of here, dude. There's more people that have to get their stuff yeah. signed. And I was like, yeah. I'm having a moment here. So <laughs> McGregor. But see, he didn't recognize the coin. He just recognized the wording because I had met him earlier for the photo. And he like stared at my shirt and he like read it out loud. And he said, nice. And then we took the picture and he just remembered it because it was... Was it the next day? I don't even remember now. But I mean, I presented, I was one of the few people that presented him something because the rule stated you could present the signee or the signer uh, with something that they can take with them that's small, they could fit in their pocket. So I had our coin and I had our pin and I put it right in front of him. And he was just signing, signing, signing. It was a, an assembly line and he was like going rapid fire. He had his glasses on. And when I put the coin in front of him, he just stopped. <laughs> I guess maybe he needed to take a break too. And he took his glasses off and he looked at the coin and he goes, Star Wars stuff podcast. I know them before he looked at me and he looks at me and I'm, I'm wearing pretty much the same shirt. Yeah. And he goes, I know you. And then they just shoved me out of there. And I'm like, come on. But you, missed, <laughs> you, you forgot the best part is he did the Ewan McGregor. <laughs> like he did the oh, laugh. Yeah, He oh, did wow. the laugh. Yeah. He did his. Yeah. his. I, his I hit him with a good joke too. Um, so we got in and I'm like, okay, well I'll meet new McGregor. I'm not just going to be somebody he doesn't remember. So in case I ever <laughs> meet him again. So I was like, Hey man, huge fan of Holston. Um, I know the show's <laughs> I know that I know the show's doing incredible right now, but this is crazy. And he, he he like he like took it in for a second and then we went to go take the picture and he like he taps me on the shoulder and said, that was a good one. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my god. And then I had to change my pants. So <laughs> my buddy, uh she she sent me a picture of her with uh with um Oh sorry. Oh, that's you. oh I yeah. thought it was my dog. I was like <laughs> But no, my buddy, she sent me a picture of her and Ewan McGregor, and she was like, look, he's smiling in my picture. And I was like, that's true. I didn't see him smiling in a lot of people's pictures. 
So yeah. she was all proud about that. She says because they had the same matching. She had a green shirt on and he had a green shirt on. And she was like, we bonded over green shirts and he smiled. I was like, oh, that's that's good. It's funny until you go to these cons and stuff. And like I didn't actually start going to comic cons until probably like five, maybe six years ago. And yeah, same here. You, you start to realize why these people are so good and why they get hired to do what they do. Like the, the presence that they carry, like, for example, like when I walked up to Ewan McGregor, regardless of him playing Obi-Wan or anything else, just the way that he carries himself, the way that he looks, uh, the mm-hmm. way that he talks, the way that he speaks, you start to see, oh, my God, this is why people get paid millions of dollars. He has a presence that is unmatched, like he could stand in a room of anybody and be the center of attention. Like they just have something about them. And that's what makes it so special. I'll, I'll, I'll love that picture for the rest of my life. It'll yeah. be in every office I have for, for years <laughs> to come. And he'll, he'll never remember that picture, but I will. And so it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing for them to have to go through as well. Cause you watch them doing all of these things. And of course they're being paid handsomely for it, but you and McGregor, uh, Giancarlo Esposito is another one who uh, you could tell they actually do really freaking care that you mm-hmm. care. Yeah, John Carlos you know? especially. Yeah. 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 So the second picture I took with Ewan at the car show, I took the first picture at Star Wars Celebration 2022 in Anaheim. I went in with my sister-in-law. She said she wanted to really take a photo with him. So when we both went in, the first person I see is Rupert Friend sitting on the couch next to him. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Rupert Friend. <laughs> and he, he was talking to some lady and that like drew my attention away and even immediately like started talking to my sister-in-law and i was like oh my god i'm blowing it and i tried to like talk to him but of course they wanted to do the photo i think i had a guy like push my shoulder you look at your girlfriend and say oh my god i'm blowing it (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah he he puts his arm around her i put my arm around ewan And then the photo's done. And the last thing I could get out was, hey, you and you want to come on my podcast, Star Wars Stuff Podcast? He goes, yeah, sure. And then they pushed me out. See ya. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, it was just a good And then you you went in the bathroom and threw up immediately after. (laughs) Started crying. (laughs) You go back to the double tree and just (laughs) have a drink. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> that's beautiful. That's, that's amazing. Hilarious. That's that's the best oh, thing. Oh man! And, and what a good point for us to round on, boys. Is there anything else we got to go? I, I got to get out of here. Yep, that is pretty much it. That is we it. will yeah. be, like I said, we'll be live Tuesday night before Andor hits. Uh, we're expecting it for it to be incredible. It's going to be essentially like a movie. It's three episodes. And episode three spectacular, according to all reports. And uh, yeah, look out for our live stream. And um, if no one has anything else for Matt, James, my name's David. May the force be with you. Always. Pew, 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 pew. Crushing cans. <laughs>